aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. Enemies of the state. Hey, hey, welcome everyone to the Rebel Alliance podcast. My name is Aaron Bowman and I'm your host for today as always. And we are at episode 62, the ultimate guide to starting an unincorporated business. So hopefully the lighting's good. I didn't turn on the ring light or anything like that because I'm still waking up. It was a long night, long morning, didn't get that much sleep, but I almost was going to cancel today because this dang website is giving me the hardest time. It won't restore the backup but anyways i said you know what i'm just going to down some coffee and we're going to get to business today so that being said thank you as always for joining me i know we missed the episode yesterday but i've been really really trying to get uh some documents done for some individuals i've been trying to do some consultation calls and then still trying to deal with this whole website migration thing so uh that being said let's get into uh, a little of the housekeeping and then get this episode started so as always uh if you would like to get any more information on associations if you'd like to get a copy of your own diy templates maybe you've heard about this document called the pma manifesto well you can go over to the manifesto.com and you can connect with any of the uh Angela's over there or Erica or myself. That's a, a group that I work with. Uh, you can also get DIY templates over there. You can pick up the PMA manifesto. If you are part of the Facebook group, you actually can get a discount code for the PMA manifesto. So search us on Facebook, Angela, or no, I'm sorry, Erica lets everybody in usually on a Wednesday once we go through and vet people. So every Wednesday people get admitted. So if you jump on there today, today is Tuesday, right? Yeah. Wednesday, You should have access to the group and then you can ask your questions in there. So not only do you get information from me, but you'll also get it from the other uh, three ladies that I work with over there. So that being said, you can also get more information over at the East Coast PMA whenever this this site is going to be back up and running. It has been giving me one hell of a go. But uh, other than that, when it comes to uh, taking back your computer sovereignty, like I think most of us are looking to do to be tracked less online, to be able to operate as your own PayPal, to have end-to-end encrypted text messages that's at you know some Jason Bourne level stuff, then you want to go over to the guys and gals over at the... Um, the uh, Start 9, I almost forgot who they were for a second. You want to go over to Start 9 and pick up one of their embassy servers and use the code Rebel Alliance to get 9% off at checkout. Now, um, that being said, let me kind of give you an update at where we're at with everything before we get going on all this. So uh, today we are going to talk about unincorporated businesses and kind of where they play their role in all this. It's something I really haven't talked about before. It's kind of one of those things that kind of, through research, kind of popped their head up and was like, hey, take a look at me. So doing some research and putting some data together and some information, I figured I'd share that with you today. But I've been getting text messages about the uh, the website from a majority of you. I've been getting emails, and I know this has been one heck of an issue. So I had a, a, a web host server here in the States, and they were good. I've had problems here and there. And uh, overall, they were great, and they I've had them for years for other different projects and stuff like that, mostly WordPress stuff. 
So they had a rad driver go down and I wasn't able to access the site for almost a week. Uh, same with the PMA manifesto that is now back up. The rad driver has been fixed. And so in that me time, I said, you know, what? I'm going to look at other options. And I know the Netherlands and Sweden have very good privacy laws. So I said, you know what? I'm going to look at servicing over there. It's fairly inexpensive. And so I transferred the domain over and got web hosting over there. Now I was using an app called Backuply, so B-A-C-K-U-P-L-Y. So if any of you who run a web host server or WordPress, let me know what you use for backing up because I've made backups. And my latest backup was of as of February 15th at 8.25 p.m. And every time I go to load it, I get to like 99% and then it screws up the whole website. And then I have to start over again. So hopefully after this podcast, I can get working on that because it's been driving me nuts that it is not up and I can't get the content out there because not everybody's on Telegram and Facebook. So it makes it very difficult. So hopefully within the next day or two, the domain and everything's been transferred, I can actually get it up and running. And I thought I had it early this morning. Uh, but what was happening is for some reason on my computer, when I logged in, it was bringing me to the old server when I would type in East Coast PMA or the admin, but on my phone, it was bringing me to the new server. So there was just confusion all around. So that being said, thank you all for joining. Let me jump into the comments here. And uh, that is, uh, See ARJ, thanks for swinging by, and uh, I'll put your uh, stuff up on screen in a little bit. But that being said, today we're going to talk about you know unincorporated businesses. What are they? Where do they have their place? How do they work? What's the different types? Because I get a lot of people that are individuals, lone wolves, whatever you want to call them, and they want to have an association. And we know that associations are usually run by two or more people, and it's a group of people coming together for a collective good. Now, let me see while we're doing this, if I can find uh, the uh, LLC that it has to be registered with the government. Uh, I cannot remember what it is called. I did a uh, I did a talk about this a few weeks ago, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it real quick while I'm looking here. Um, all right, yeah, so I think it's the Treasurer website. Yeah, it has, it, if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes, but it has to do with the uh, U.S. Treasurer Department, I believe, and basically they want to know more information about your LLC, if you have one formed, if you have a typical corporation and you own a certain percentage of it, or you operate within that certain percentage of that so of that uh llc you have to have it uh on file and if you don't you're going to be fine and stuff like that so a lot of people have been like i don't want to do this even though your information's already at the state level it's like redundancy and they say they're doing it to keep uh money laundering from happening and stuff like that but apparently they don't look towards the white house for any of that stuff so that being said um I started digging into more of the unincorporated businesses because not everybody has somebody that they want to run an association with. Not everybody, you know, wants to work with somebody else. Maybe somebody just wants to be a plumber or have a farm stand or what have you. So I will also post some of the stuff from uh, jurisprudence and some of the um, stuff that I use to put together uh, today's talk. And if I'm bumbling over my words, it's because I'm running on two and a half hours of sleep. So Forgive me. So that being said, an unincorporated business are entities that have not undergone a formal process of incorporation. Now, why is that important? Because if you go, let's say, even to um, 
Well, yeah, I would even assume right now with Wyoming's uh, unassociated or uh, anonymous LLCs, you still have to follow these guidelines for this whole money laundering thing to the U.S. I believe it's the U.S. Treasury Department. And if I, I will find all the stuff and put it in the show notes for you. But if you have a typical LLC S corp, something like that, you have to be registered with the state level. You now apparently with the federal level, so they know where your money's coming and going. Should you be audited, and they can make sure you know you as a small mom and pop is not money laundering money to or through Ukraine. So, uh, being that you have can have an unincorporated business and it's not formally incorporated at any level, kind of like your association, your unincorporated association is not formalized anywhere it's not on file anywhere this might make a good opportunity or a good decision for you if you want to run your your business that way so these businesses are typically characterized by their simplicity flexibility and the direction um, control or the direct control they offer to their owners or owners now the most common types of incorporated businesses and you're going to probably be like i didn't realize that was an unincorporated business are sole proprietorships general partnerships and limited partnerships so um, one of the things you're probably going off in your head right now is, well, if I have a sole proprietorship, then I'm going to be on the hook for things like any type of legal action. There's not that limited liability, which you would have when you incorporate. So that's one thing that we'll talk about going through this. So the sole proprietorship is the simplest form of an unincorporated business and is owned by a single individual. So I suggest when I talk to a lot of people uh, that, you know, if they're looking to do something that's more commerce-based and not really an association-based, even though commerce happens within associations, you know, if they're starting a massage therapy, natural homeopathic healing, maybe uh, Reiki, Reiki, Reiki. I always call it Reiki. It's not Reiki. It's Reiki. Something along those lines. Then maybe they want to start off and and have proof of concept by doing the sole proprietorship. There's almost next to none as far as organizational paperwork for yourself because it's just you yourself and the fence post basically in this in this situation and uh you're controlling over everything now the owner has absolute control over all the business decisions and is personally liable for all business debt and obligations so if you were to go out and get a loan instead of getting a um, small business loan that might be done through the llc it's now being done through you so you would be um, personally guaranteeing that loan. So those are some of the things that you have to think about. Um, so that being said, um, there's a few of us on today. Thanks for jumping on. Let me know where you're watching from. And I almost spilled my coffee because I'm a hot mess today. So that being said, uh, while we're going through this, pop your questions in the chat if you have any. And, uh, you know, uh, I will take a look at them at the very end and go through and answer any of the questions you might have. So um, that being said, uh, this means the owner's personal assets can be uh, used to satisfy business debts. The income or loss of the business is reported on the owner's personal income tax. So like a single-membered LLC, this is going to be passed through income. And you can tell that I'm tired today because I forgot to give my disclaimer that anything you hear does not constitute tax or legal advice. It's just one person's uh, thought on the topic. So there we go. That's out of the way. So Getting started or proofing a concept if you want to have maybe a homestead or you want to have a farm stand or you want to do some type of teaching, whether it's baking, sewing, music lessons, something along those lines where you're working within your community. Maybe you have already an association that you've joined and now you're looking to provide some of your talents to your members. Starting off with the unincorporated business as a sole proprietorship might be the best way to go Uh do this. Will this work? Right, I'm going to try, RJ, I'm going to answer these at the end. I'm going to try not to look over there and answer them as we go along because it's going to get me off track. 
So just stick with me to the end. I appreciate it. So um, this might be a good way to get you started. Now, like a single member LLC, with the single member LLC, you do have that limited liability protection. But as a single member, it's all looked at as pass through income. So when you do your taxes at the end of the year, it all be reported on your personal taxes if there's anything left over. So uh, that's kind of how that works. Now, there's ways we can tie this in with other things, whether it's an unincorporated business trust or maybe it's just a um, a, a direct trust or something on those lines where you can uh, kind of put a couple different entities together. You might you may not have the same protection as a limited liability company as if you were to register something through, you know, Wyoming, like I've done and I've told others to do where it's an anonymous LLC. You have a registered agent in that state and you get all those privacy benefits of being incorporated in uh, a Wyoming. But again, this is why we need to have these conversations when you call because each situation is going to be different. Hey, Dustin, thanks for uh, jumping on. appreciate you seeing on here. So uh, the next one is going to be a general partnership. And this is a business arrangement where two or more individuals known as general partners agree to conduct business together. So this is very similar to an association. It might even sound, you know, some of the wording is almost the same where it's two or more people coming together for a common goal. So, you know, the last couple of videos we talked about uh, the difference between uh, association and assembly and, and that sort of thing. And uh, this is just a general partnership. So almost be the equivalent of something being incorporated would be, um, you know, like an LLP or something along those lines where you have a limited liability partnership. So, uh, two more individuals get together for a general, um, business to conduct business together. Each partner contributes to the business in their terms of capital, labor, and skill and share in the profit or loss. So if there's two of you and you have $10,000 left over at the end of the year, after you pay all your, your taxes or not your taxes, but you pay all your, um, overhead, all your deductions, everything like that. And there's profit of uh, $10,000, then each of you would claim $5,000 on your personal income is the way that I understand it and the way that I would do it personally. Now, I'm not a CPA, so you might want to talk to a CPA if you're looking at doing something like that. Now, on the other hand, the limited partners contribute capital and share in the profits, do not participate in the management of the business. Um, their liability is limited to the extent of their capital contribute. Uh, contribution. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I'm getting ahead of myself. So uh, each partner now going back to general partnership, I jumped ahead to limited partners. So uh, the general partners, each partner contributes to the business in the terms of capital, labor, skill, and share of profit and loss. Similar to a sole proprietorship, general partners are personally liable for the business debt and obligation. So again, if there's two of you now, you both are on the hook for anything that might arise. Let's say you go and take out a small loan for the business to buy equipment. Maybe you're doing some cottage industry type sewing or you are, you know, making some tactical gear or something like that that you're going to sell locally and then, you know, to a larger community. Whatever that is, you got to understand that doing it as an unincorporated business is uh, going to put both of you uh, kind of, and you're not going to have really any shielding unless you kind of incorporate it with a few other things. And this is, you know, where you have to take a look at it and say, okay, do I want to uh, file and be compliant with the U.S. Treasury with their new thing that came out for 2024? So I think if you have a business 
prior to that, uh, a registered LLC, you have to the end of the year. If you start a new LLC in 2024, you have 90 days from the time that you started to get registered with their fraud site. It's their fraud site or something like that. I'll see if I can find it. I can't really talk and type. So uh, we'll see what I can do. But that way there, there, again, they can make sure that there is no uh, money laundering going on, being that you are a small operation as opposed to some of the larger, you know, government agencies that money uh, launder money. So, you know, you have to look at it. Am I more concerned about that with the, because they're already just getting the information that's already on file with the secretary of the state, wherever you filed your associate or your, uh, your, uh, limited liability company. So it's kind of redundancy. It doesn't make any sense to me other than that they can look at seeing who is a conservative business at a grander level and maybe use that for targeting of some sort. But, or are you more concerned or, you know, is that a bigger concern than being personally liable for something? So you're going to have to weigh these two options out. I can't tell you which way to go. That's just going to be up to you. Now, the third one that we can look at is a limited partnership. So you can kind of think of this as somebody that comes in with the money, right? So this is a form of partnership that includes both general partners and limited partners. General partners manage the business and are personally liable for the business debt. On the other hand, the limited partners contribute capital and share in the profits, but do not participate in the management of the business. So they're kind of like a silent partner that you might have heard kicked around before. So it's those individuals coming in and saying, hey, I've got money to back what you're doing. You to whoever it is are going to run the you know the general partner side of things you're going to run the day-to-day -day operations you're going to take care of you know uh the labor the skills the profit the losses and then this individual who comes in with the money they get the share on the profits but do not participate in the management of the business so uh their liability is limited to the extent of the capital that they contribute so um that's just a couple of the different ones that we're going to look at. Um, let's see here if I got some other points I want to take a look at here. So again, we have the sole proprietorship for the unincorporated business. We have a partnership and uh, you could have it as limited partners, uh, limited partnership or cooperative. Now, when we're looking at this, uh, I know I'm going to get this question about taxation. Um, this, let's just call this like the real like 100,000 foot view because it's going to be um, probably different in every area that you're in. So taxation in most jurisdictions for unincorporated businesses are taxed directly uh, from the corporations in a sole proprietorship partnership. The profits of the business are typically reported on the owner's personal tax return and the business itself does not pay taxes separately. It is often referred to as a pass-through taxation because the business profits are passed through to the owners for taxation. So just kind of keep that in mind. Think of it as if you already have a, a single member LLC, they're going to be run pretty much the same way when it comes to taxes from what I've read and what I've put together. But the biggest difference is this is for the people who don't want to be in compliance with the new regulations that came out for people who own more. I think it's more than 25% in an LLC and they have certain members. There are some uh, exclusions for that, but to be registered with the treasury department, again, this is, I think a way for the uh, the powers to be to target individuals that might be more freedom minded, that might be more conservative. So, um, and if anybody in the chat knows what I'm talking about, I cannot remember the exact terminology for that. So, if you guys could, if you are in front of a computer and you can look that up, I believe it's the Treasury Department. That would be super super helpful. So, um, again, we have flexibility, and uh, you know, uh, the uh, 
like we talked about the flexibility is you know it, you're you're pretty much open to to run it how you want because it's just it's either you as a sole proprietorship or you and a partner and again you probably should have some forming documents just like you would with an llc that is incorporated or incorporated you'd have your your bylaws your articles of organization your that sort of thing uh minutes of your meeting so you just because you're doing it this way it doesn't mean you just kind of you know doing it all willy-nilly, so to speak, you want to make sure that you still have, you know, documents put together uh, to uh, basically explain how everything works and where the money's going and how it's being broken up. So um, here a little bit more on the taxes, um, you know, for the sole proprietorship, from what I, I put together, the tax reporting in a sole proprietorship, the business owner and the businesses are considered the same entity for tax purposes. Business income and expenses are reported on the owner's personal tax returns, we said before, and that's going to be done on a Schedule C Form 1040. You are also going to be responsible for self-employment tax. And then um, if there are, let's see, so self-employment tax, sole proprietors are generally subject to self-employment tax, which covers Social Security and Medicare. And this is why I always talk about using alternative forms of payment, i.e. lightning, Bitcoin, something along those lines, silver, gold, uh, Liberty dollars, or, you know, good old fashioned hand-to-hand -hand cash. But again, that's completely up to you and how you want to run your business. These taxes are typically paid quarterly and are based on the net income of the business. Sole proprietorships as far as tax deduction, which is important. So my thing that I, when I ever talk with anybody is that if you have a business, whether it's a registered LLC, you know, typically incorporated, whether it's in your state or it's in Wyoming, like I suggest, because they have great privacy laws and they're anonymous out there, or you're doing something as a sole proprietorship or a contract and employee as a 1099, you're basically working for yourself and you want to make sure you're keeping track of any deductions that you have because you will always pay less in taxes as a person that owns a business than you would if you were somebody that was a W-2 employee because you could write everything off. So like with my real estate stuff, when I go out with people and we're talking real estate and we're having a dinner or a meeting, I write a portion of that off. You know, I write those expenses off, cell phone, energy, uh, maintenance for vehicles, all that type of stuff. And you're always going to pay less in taxes than you would. And I mean, look at all the, the, filthy rich, right? They pay almost nothing in taxes because that tax code is written for people that own businesses. And that 90% of the tax code is what not to do. And there's that big, small portion or that smaller portion of like, Hey, this is how you don't have to pay taxes. So just keep that in mind. So a sole proprietorship can deduct business expenses from their taxable income, reducing the amount of taxes owed. Common deductions include uh, include expenses related to business operations, such as supplies, equipment, and home office expenses. Now, when we start talking about the partnership, uh, it's going to be very similar. You know, partnerships are a pass-through entity for tax purposes, meaning the business itself does not pay taxes. Instead, the profit and losses are passed through to the individual partners who report their share of income on the loss on their personal taxes. The biggest difference here is the uh, form that you're going to fill out would be a K-1 or a Form 1065 for partnerships, which outline their share of the partnership income, deductions, credits, and other tax returns. So that's also important. And then again, you're still going to have the self-employment uh, tax. Now the deductions, because there's two of you, both the sole proprietor and the partners can take advantage of various tax deductions, credits to reduce their taxable income, which again is going to make you pay less in taxes, which is huge. So um Again, if any of you who are on, if you have a chance, can you please take a look at, uh, I think it's the Treasury Department that is requiring those who own uh, incorporated businesses to be registered by the end of 2024. They face fines. I can't remember the exact, it's like 
it starts with an F. I can't remember the Federal Something Act. I can't remember exactly what it is, but this is a reason why people are going to be interested in these unincorporated businesses. And you're going to need to weigh whether you're more concerned about liability or being personally liable for things. But you know, it's going to have the advantages if you're personally liable for it, you're not being registered at the state or federal level. So you don't have to deal with all that compliance. So anyways, uh, going back to this, they may include deductions of business expenses, uh, retirement contributions, health insurance premiums, and more. Additionally, there may be specific tax credits available to certain types of businesses, such as small business healthcare tax credit for providing health insurance. And then, uh, let's see here. What else do we have? Um, Estimated taxes, since unincorporated businesses do not have taxes withheld from their income like employees do, business owners are generally required to make estimate tax payments through the year to cover their liability. These payments are typically made quarterly and are based upon the expended income of self-employment liability. And I don't know why the university is calling me right now, but uh, they're just going to have to wait. So that's um, some of the uh, the tax parts of it when it comes to the sole proprietorship and the partnership. So now comes the question, is this something that I want to do? Is this something that I think is important? Is it more important for me to have these unincorporated business structures set up or to, to be more concerned about the liability? I can't answer that question for you. Really, it's going to come down to what you're looking to do and what your business is. Because as I've turned other people away before and said, hey, listen, you know, an association you know, there's only one of you, you're looking to do this by yourself, you really need to have two or more that are running the association, and then you're bringing members into your association. And yes, commerce can happen within the association, but that's not necessarily what they're typically set up for. It just kind of naturally happens that way. So for example, you might have somebody that has a homestead, and they have an association set up. And not only do they teach classes, but it also allows their members to purchase eggs, dairy, that sort of thing, cheese, soap, what have you, uh, through the association because they're joining it, kind of like a CSA, but at a more private level, as opposed to somebody that might say, you know what, I'm just starting off. So like I said earlier, for those of you who are just jumping on now, uh, maybe you need to do a proof of concept. Like you have this concept, you're going to do massage therapy and alternative health solutions. So instead of starting right off with the association, maybe you start off as a sole proprietorship or a partnership with somebody, making sure that this is actually something feasible that can keep a roof over your head, pay your bills. And then, you know, that doesn't mean you can't have an association that goes along with it. And this is where we bring in usually the anonymous LLC, because I feel that that's kind of important depending on what your risk level is to have some of that liability protection and then have the association in the background or having a unincorporated business trust kind of hold the association kind of like an LLC. But again, now that's unincorporated. It's not registered anywhere, but then you have to comply or you have to make sure you're running the trust correctly and you have your grant or your beneficiary, your trustees, stuff like that. So again, this is why I always tell everybody it's important that you ask your questions on here in the Telegram group, in the Facebook group, whether it's with the East Coast PMA or the PMA Manifesto, because there's so many different ways of looking at something. It's not cookie cutter like you'll see on a lot of sites that are pushing associations and they'll tell you, hey, you can have your plumbing business as an association. Well, you could try that. I don't know how well it's going to work out for you, but uh, you know, I would think there's better ways of skinning that cat that can still 
keep the privacy aspect of it while still providing some protection. Now, again, with the unincorporated businesses, it's not going to provide you any of the protection that you would have when it comes to liabilities like you would with a limited liability corporation that is registered at the state. And now that has to be at the federal level. So um, that's kind of my my take on the unincorporated businesses. I am going to post all the stuff I pulled out of the American jurisprudence and other uh, documents through Westlaw and some of the other legal libraries that I thumb around in while going through school. So I, as soon as I get this darn website up and running properly, I'm sorry, I, I put everything out on Telegram that it was up and running and it's not. Uh, so I, I lied to you about that one and I apologize, but I'll have all this documentation up there so you can actually read it yourself and look at what I'm pulling from. So just keep in mind, the biggest thing is that there are ways of doing stuff. You know, if you don't want to comply with this, you know, um, federal treasury act, what I can, it's driving me nuts. I can't think of the name of it. Um, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. And, um, that way there, uh, let's see federal, uh, business act. I don't know if that's going to bring it up for me, but um, uh, let's see. Uh, now, uh, maybe we can do uh, 2024. I don't know. If I can't find it, I'm not going to waste any. That's 2004, Aaron. We don't want that. I'm not going to waste any more time trying to find that because you guys and gals don't want to sit here and watch me or listen to me try to uh, find this stuff. Let's see. Maybe, maybe we're gonna get to it here. Let's see. Um, there we go. I the uh, ah, here it is. The Financial Crimes Enforcement Network of 2024. I knew I'd find it. There it is. So this is a crime here. I'm gonna put it in the chat for all of you, so you can Google it and read it yourself. For those of you who may not know about it, because they're really not talking about it. If you have a LLC or anything like that, come on, computer, work with me here. Uh, so there you go. I just threw it in the chat for you. And uh, this is what I was talking about. So by the end of 2024, if I my memory serves me right, if you have had an LLC prior to and you own a certain portion of it, you're the single member, you're a silent partner, what have you, you, you you're 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 in it some way, shape or form. You have to be registered through the financial crimes enforcement network uh this is through the treasury department if my memory serves me right and then if you have a business started in 2024 you have 90 days to be in compliance once you do it you can fill out your information once and then just say you're part of all these associates all these llc's now some people don't want to do that right they're like okay i've already like you know if i file an llc whether it's in wyoming or in delaware or in connecticut here new york massachusetts already on on the file with the uh, secretary of the state. Why do I have to do this again? And really, it's just in my opinion, so they can track at the federal level who's a conservative, who's spending money on what, where's your money going, and then you know, because none of us, as far as I know, I don't know anybody to launder money, so uh, I don't think most of us do. I think it's people that are putting this in place are the ones that are laundering the money, as we can see through you know the people's White House and what's going on there with that crime family. But that being said, this might be an alternative to adding something to your association. If you're looking to do an unincorporated association, maybe we add in unincorporated business to that. Most of the time, I think it's going to be either the sole proprietorship or the partnership. Uh, you know, I definitely think it's easier sometimes to run things with somebody else. But again, that's going to 
dictate on what your needs are, or maybe it's just we still go the route of the anonymous LLC or the unincorporated business trust. These are all different things that we can put together. It's not like you have to just pick one. You can use a majority of these tactics to, to be able to try to shield yourself as much as possible from the uh, tyrannical overreach of the government and you know uh, to keep as much privacy as you can. So uh, let's see any questions in the Facebook. I don't even know if anybody's on Facebook watch. Let me pop over there real quick and see what's going on in the group. Um, why do I have so many messages on Facebook right now? Uh, and yes, I was looking for chicken coops on Facebook. So, uh, let me just bear with me here and jump into the East coast PMA. So again, I will have more information of this on the, uh, let's see. No. All right. So I will have more information on this on the website, eastcoastpma.com. As soon as I get it worked out, I'm really trying not to start from scratch. I'm really trying to get it from the backup. So hopefully that'll happen today. And then, uh, if you want more information on associations and stuff like that, Meantime, feel free to jump over to the PMA manifesto, uh, with the ladies I work with over there. And again, you can get your DIY templates and stuff like that. Now, if you're wondering if I have any documents, founding documents set up for unincorporated businesses, at this current time, I do not because I'm really trying to get this website set up. So that's something I'm working on. It'll probably be a template-based um, you know, again, like anything else, you don't need to consult with me or or use any of the documents that we provide. You know, you can write this up yourself. It's going to be very similar to like your articles of organization and um your bylaws and stuff like that that you would have with an association. Because again, if you are running a business, you want to make sure that things are outlined, maybe a business plan, all those things that go uh that get involved with running a successful business. It's just that I think that with the unincorporated businesses, it's a way for us to still maintain some of that anatomy uh, that, you know, we're not putting all of our stuff on file somewhere at the state level. Now, again, if you're going to go get a bank account or anything like that, it's going to be through your, your, well, no, I take that back. You can get an uh, EIN number for a sole proprietorship or partnership. So you can get that EIN just like you would for an association, fill out the uh, SS4 form. Right, my, my brain might be getting that backwards. Yeah, SS4 form, and then you can get an EIN for your unincorporated business, and then you can go open up your banking and checking accounts and everything like that. But again, the biggest thing you have to remember is: Are you more concerned about being filed uh, at the federal level with the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, or are you more concerned about you know is, is that really something that like I don't want to be on record with any of that stuff? So I'm going to do the unincorporated business route. Just keep in mind, I would get some type of umbrella insurance policy or something just in case some type of liability issue happens you don't want to lose everything you have and that's why a lot of people go to the llc's because it kind of puts up that shield like in the real estate world you see a lot of individuals that have rentals right so a lot of real estate investors they might have three three um, multi-family homes right under one llc it might be you know uh, Main Street LLC, and there's property one, two, and three on the scheduled A, right? So that is all somebody can sue for if somebody falls and trips down the stairs or something like that because the landlord or the person that owns the building didn't put up a, a railing, right? So you want to limit your liability, and that's why a lot of people still go towards the LLCs. Now, again, I get it. A lot of us are like, we're tired of our information being everywhere. We want to be more private. We want to be left the hell alone. I don't want you to tell me what I have to do with my business. I don't want to be registered here. I just want to be able to exist and provide for my family and my community. And maybe that being said, this is a good way of doing it using those incorporated businesses or unincorporated businesses rather, along with maybe an association, stuff like that. Or maybe if you have an association, you bring this up to the other individual. Maybe you have somebody that is a 
homesteader, you have one person that has chickens, maybe you have somebody else that makes jam, whether it's elderberry syrup or strawberry jam or what have you, or maybe you have somebody that does car repair, somebody that's a welder, a electrician, maybe you have all these people that are, are doing different things within your community. And you can say, Hey, listen, here's an opportunity for you. You know, maybe this is better than running the, uh, the LLC because now you're kind of off, off radar, so to speak. Uh, but again, there's still, you know, the ways of, you know, having to comply with the taxes and all that stuff. And I think maybe, you know, maybe 2025, you know, when we get to 2025, that might be the year I work at trying to get my house off the tax roll, but we'll see, uh, the, the, uh, the homestead here. But anyways, um, so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, so RJ wants to know with this work in Canada, I know associations work in Canada cause you guys have the, um, the Canadian Charter of Rights, and it's very similar to our Bill of Rights. The wording, uh, I will have to look into that as far as the sole proprietorships, the limited part or the partnerships and the um, limited partnerships. I would assume, and we know when people assume things, it makes an ass out of you and me. I get that. But uh, because things are so similar, you know, north of us and, uh, and here, that uh, I would imagine it's the same. I will do some some uh digging around in that and see if i can find anything out and again as soon as i get that website up and running again i will put that on the website so wow we got nine on today i gotta say thank you all for coming this was you know huge i don't think we've had nine people on a show yet i appreciate it and hopefully once all this website stuff is straightened out we will be more consistent on our time here but um so yeah rj in canada let me just pop this up on the screen here uh i don't know 100 i can't tell you 100 if it will work i would believe it would and i'm going to do a little more research for you uh just because uh hey frozen dog uh thanks for stopping by again i uh i think it would just because associations unincorporated associations are you know you guys have that right of association through the canadian charter of rights i'm assuming it's very similar i would just have to dig into it a little bit more um Luckily, we have nobody on here from Australia because I have no idea in Australia. I get a lot of questions about Australia, but luckily I'm going to be working with somebody uh, across the pond over in Australia. They're going to be coming on once a month. We're going to kind of be doing like a roundtable. We're just going to talk about associations, common law, contract law, all that type of stuff. But they are using international law to have associations set up over in Australia. And that is just something that I have not dipped my toe into yet. So I am not writing associations over there, but I am passing it over to them because they are living in Australia and they have a really good grasp on things that we've talked uh, uh, before. So that being said, um, yeah, thanks everybody for jumping on today. I really don't know uh, unless some some of you all have questions, this would be the time to ask them kind of like, you know, last call at the bar. For those of you who still go out to bars, I'm going to be 46 in March. I don't go out to bars anymore. Plus I got five kids. So I'm home a lot more than I am out. But that being said, um, you know, again, some of the, uh, I'll wait to see if anybody has any questions here, uh, you know, or just say, Hey, I'm, I'm listening from wherever I'd appreciate that too. You know, again, with the unincorporated businesses, they do have some advantages and disadvantages. Um, I think the biggest disadvantage is you are in most cases liable for any debts or anything like that, as opposed to if you had an incorporated LLC, it would be the LLC or the S corp or the C corp or the limited partnership. The LLP would be, uh, liable for it right um what's great about it is you have a level of control directed by the owners the risk level uh of the owners are you know and it was also that risk level of the owners that they're willing to assume um 
You also have to understand the consideration of legal and tax implications before deciding the most suitable form of business. So the unincorporated business fundamentally refers to any business that has not been formally registered as a corporation. So again, that includes sole proprietorships, partnerships, and limited liability. Uh, not limited liability companies. I don't know why I wrote that in there. Uh, but uh, that being said, you know, I think that having that freedom to run your business how you want as an individual or a partnership and not being incorporated at the local or federal level, not being part of the financial crimes enforcement network, you know, unless you're doing something like uh, building houses or decks or something where you could really place yourself at, a, at a, you know, not that, you know, anybody can sue for anything, but, you know, really, you know, maybe if you have to take out a bunch of loans, maybe it's not the best idea to do an unincorporated business because you don't personally want to guarantee those loans. Even though most cases, if you have a small LLC, you're just starting off, you're going to have to personally guarantee that stuff anyways. Um, but I think these are definitely a way for people to get that that business going, that idea that maybe they've had in the back of their head, maybe they are looking at other ways of bringing in income. Like I do stuff with American Communication Network or ACN. Uh, I do a lot of it with uh, my real estate side. And then I also do it with individuals that I talk to. So I get a, you know, a residual income every month based off that. And, you know, it's just a great way of doing it. Uh, let's see here. So we got to uh, see what is the cost to do a review of assessment. Um, not quite sure what you mean by assessment or, or maybe association. Uh, it really depends on how many pages I have to read and go through who did your documents. So like if I know you used a couple of the, the other less reputable people out there, any uh, anybody that starts you know, the first name is starts with a D uh, like David or anything like that, most likely those are just going to be documents that are passed around or stolen from other individuals. So they were set up by one organization and then they decided to say, hey, I'm going to write associations for people. And they just use the same darn document and just swapped out some names and maybe added a period or deleted a paragraph and basically paid to have an association set up and they're just using the documents to set them up for others. That's a lot of the stuff that we see out there. Uh, usually uh, any of the, um, the uh, anything that has the word institute in it or PMA in it, uh, I, you know, uh, it really depends on who you got your documents from. Most of the time they're all the same. Uh, they don't include a lot of the stuff that, you know, the ladies and myself have put in the DIY templates or, you know, when we write them ourselves for people or help people write them, uh, I've rewritten a bunch and a lot of them are word for word the same. And I can just say like, oh, you got it from this person. Okay, I can tell you that they're garbage and they're written, you know, poorly and they don't cover a lot of the things that you need to have covered. Uh, especially some of the things like if you are running an association, we just met with our members the other night. We had a potluck here at the homestead and we had some uh, a new member come out with his family. And so kind of what we do for us is we have a potluck and anybody that's interested in joining Liberty House comes out and we get to meet them. They get to meet the other members, get to see if they kind of, you know, uh, connect or kind of fit the uh our uh, goals and what we're looking to do with the community-based association and then you know we then hold our business so then they leave at, at some point you know we thank them for coming out and then we have our business uh that we attend to our members meeting and then we vote on having them join and that sort of thing that's what we just did a few days ago oh no about a week ago now uh and uh so you know Within that, you have to have documents that explain, you know, uh, what happens if you have a member that 
you know, joins, then their alignment doesn't align with the association anymore. Or maybe they start to become toxic within that group and they start to be causing more problems than helping out or anything like that. You got to have in writing how you're going to remove people or how you're going to have people leave the association or any type of dispute resolution. And that's a lot of things you're not going to see in any of the documents that you get from anybody else, whether it's the Genoa Institute to any of the Davids to, um, uh, who are the people out of Texas? I can't think of their names now. The uh, oh, it'll come to me. Uh, advocates, maybe is it something? Advocates? Uh, I don't remember what their names are now. But uh, you know, they're all different. And I've seen documents, like I've said before in other videos, that cost two hundred fifty dollars. I've seen the ten thousand dollar documents, and those ten thousand dollar documents were written for somebody in Texas, and they registered and they referenced the uh, Vermont Constitution, which didn't make any sense to me. But maybe they were able to explain that to the to the client when they were helping them. So. Um, yeah, it just depends. Reach out to me, uh, shoot me an email, shoot me a text, all my information's everywhere. So, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, if it's something you really want me to go through or you want to have a conversation, schedule a time with me to have a conversation because my time gets booked up or I'm dealing with stuff like this website issue, but yeah, it really just depends. I'm still working on stuff like that. Cause I've had a few people where I've been consulting with and I'm really, you know, I'm not, I, you know, like I tell everybody, I don't want anybody to feel they can't have an association or anything else or or work with me because maybe they don't have the funds available. I'm not in this for the money. I'm in this to help people live a more free life and to be able to help build their communities around them. And yes, I prefer to get paid for my time and my energy and my resources that I put in this because it does take time away from my family. So I have to justify it a little bit like, hey, guys, uh, dad's got to do this for a little bit. But in doing so, this is going to help provide us to get that new building on the property or, you know, that sort of thing. So uh, I don't want anybody to ever think that I'm in this just for the cashola. Like some of these individuals out here, I do a lot of, I guess we could call it pro bono stuff where I spend a lot of time talking to people and uh, helping them out without charging a single cent. So, uh, but again, that's just, I, you know, kind of my, my view take on this is that, you know, we're in all this together. We need to understand how this stuff works together and we need to be able to help build these communities because uh, in tomorrow's video, it's going to be all doom and gloom. So make sure you step stop by because you know the doom and gloom stuff really seems to uh you know everybody likes that kind of stuff i guess a little bit to some extent that dystopia but there's a lot of craziness right now going on in this world and everything is up is down and down is up and we're going to talk about some of that stuff tomorrow and of course i'm going to tie it into how you know either an unincorporated business a unincorporated association and then, you know, kind of help correct some of these things, hopefully. So that being said, we're at about 45 minutes all. Thank you for listening and stopping in. And uh, thank you for stopping in from Tennessee, Missouri, Canada. I think that's the first international person we've had on the live. I appreciate it. And uh, tomorrow will probably be the same time, 2.30 East Coast time, Eastern Standard Time. And uh, I will get all that stuff up so you can see what the live topic is going to be, whether you're watching on Rumble. Facebook group or YouTube and uh, make sure you have your questions, leave comments, all that stuff. Please share this with others that might find this information interesting. And again, if you have any topics you want me to talk about, whether it's, you know, uh, 
you know, maybe it's something to do with contract law or just common, like everybody calls it common law in general, or maybe you want to go over some cases that deal with associations. We can do that too on here. You know, I don't mind talking about that stuff. And I, you know, and as they say, knowledge is power and, you know, there's a lot of bad information out there. So what I'm trying to do is make sure you all and myself have the correct information so we can stand up to this tyrannical government overreach and live a more free and less intrusive life from the government. So that being said, everyone, thanks for stopping by today. I appreciate it. We had nine on today. Maybe we can break 10 tomorrow. That would be awesome. And I will see you on the next video. Peace. Uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator's enemies of.